Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a good Sunday evening to everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. And while the entire world may be on lockdown, a billion people, they say, because of COVID-19, we are here live at our world headquarters in Houston, Texas at KTRH and broadcasting throughout the country on the iHeartRadio app. This is Your Health First every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. Central Time, of course. Trying to make you better consumers of healthcare, And in these crazy times, you turn on the TV, radio. It's medical, 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 medical. We've been here for 17 years trying to make you better consumers of health care and have a dialogue on health and wellness and making you better consumers. So these are, without a doubt, crazy times. Our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. You should know how to spell it, G-A-L-A-T-I, Galati. That ain't Irish, that is Italian. And from that website, you can learn about the program. You can learn about me. You can learn about our team and all of our links to social media, podcast, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It is all there, Dr. Joe Galati. And, of course, you could send me a message, an email through the website and stay in touch with all of us. All right. So for tonight, special guest Jackie DeAngelis from Fox Business. She's going to be on the second half of the program trying to make a little sense of COVID-19 and what is happening on Wall Street. What is, well, I think we all know the financial impact of this. Stock market is tanking, but there is hope that it will recover and we will not lose our shirts. So Jackie is going to be on second part of the program giving us a little insight, a little direction. And, you know, whenever we have anybody talking about financial or stocks, we're not here giving stock picks. I am not going to ask her what is the hot stock to buy. We're talking 30,000 feet, general concepts here to try to give everybody a little bit of a little direction, something to think about. So, Jackie will be on in a little while. All right. So, you know, the one thing that I have been chatting about with my patients and friends and colleagues is in regard to this COVID-19, which, as you all know, has essentially consumed 
every molecule of oxygen in the dialogue. Now, the one thing that you continue to hear, amongst other things, is that those that have a chronic illness are potentially going to be worse off compared to those that don't have a chronic illness. Now, when you look at a chronic illness, the statistics are are pretty impressive. 60% of Americans have at least one chronic illness, one chronic disease. 40% have two or more. And so what are these chronic illnesses? So for everybody at home, let's keep score. Chronic heart disease, diabetes, type 1 or type 2, obesity, chronic liver disease or cirrhosis, that is my wheelhouse, cancer, chronic lung disease. The majority of lung disease is due to smoking, due to tobacco. Chronic alcohol use, those that have had either a solid organ transplant, like a liver, heart, kidney, lung, or those that have had a bone marrow transplant, because they are on immunosuppression that prevents rejection, they'll have a weakened immune system. Of interest, I've been really practicing social distancing for 30 years with my transplant patients that I've had over the years. We want them to stay away from crowds that may be sick. And then, of course, other individuals that are on medicines that weaken their immune system, like steroids, prednisone, if you have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. And so that is the the, the foundation. If you have one of these chronic diseases. Now, one more way to look at this whole chronic disease story. The vast majority, 80% or better, are illnesses that have developed because of lifestyle decisions or lack thereof. So when you look at obesity, chronic heart disease, diabetes, liver disease, cancer, that is a modifiable type problem, not exercising, smoking, you have underlying chronic lung disease. And during these times when we are confronted with something like coronavirus, it is out of our hands. And those that have prepared best are going to do best. No question about that. I'll, I'll continue on this thought. Just hold it there for a moment on, on whether you have chronic illnesses at all. All right. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Jackie DeAngelis from Fox Business is going to be coming on the second half of the program. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Competition in other places. Well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I've got seven women on my I sure hope everybody is doing well. These are trying times. Everybody is sort of locked in their house. Things are shut down. And it's one of those things that, hey, it's cool for a few days. But when it's starting to get into the second week, I think people are going to get a little nutty. And I, and I think when you look at it carefully, the, the paradigm of so many things that we do and take for granted have changed. Even in my world, telemedicine. 
That is now almost becoming the norm. That is the only way we're going to be able to stay in touch with our patients. And so what I would advise for everybody listening, if you have to reach out to your doctor, ask if there is a a, a telemedicine option. Now, there was a ruling that came through today that dropped some of the strict security uh, regulations as far as the security of different websites and uh, video programs for our patients, which is a which is a tremendous boom. So now you could basically do it off of your iPhone or your computer, uh, reaching out with your doctor rather than some sort of HIPAA compliant program, which not only costs added money uh, for the for the on the side of the practice, but it makes it more complicated and and intricate. Uh, food service now you, you drive through town. And every restaurant is offering curbside service, delivery options. This is this is uh, good and bad. And, and if we have time later, I'll talk about it. And even trying to buy a car. I was just sort of thumbing through the uh, uh, website looking at some automobiles. I came across Gilman Subaru. They will deliver a car to you if you want to test drive it. You want the oil changed? They'll come and pick your car up. You don't even have to come down to the showroom. And so all of these opportunities are expanding from getting your barbecue de- delivered to your house or buying a, a new Jeep. It's pretty, pretty amazing. All right. So I was getting uh, into the point about those with chronic diseases. And one analogy, and I think it's pretty good. A sports analogy. And so if you have, if you're an individual player and you are practicing and you are staying in in excellent shape and you're eating well and you're doing uh, the extra reps in the batting cage or you're taking those extra basketball shots or those extra golf swings at the driving range and you're honing in on your skills and you're, you're very mindful, very attentive to what you're doing. The day of the big game, you're the guy or girl that we pretty much know there's a very high chance that you are going to deliver and make that game-winning shot or putt or whatever it may be. Because you look at that person and say, that person practices more than anybody. They are committed more than anybody. Versus the player or the team, very lax, don't practice, of course they're going to lose. Now, take that analogy, for those that like it, of course, about your health. The people that are very conscious about exercising, about the food they eat, making sure if they have an underlying medical condition, be it diabetes, be it high blood pressure, that they are actively managing it every day of the year. So if... God forbid if they are exposed to something like COVID-19, they are, I would think, going to have the advantage to have a lesser degree of damage versus somebody that has uncontrolled blood sugar, somebody that has underlying lung disease where they are still smoking, they're overweight. They have underlying heart disease. Now, why this is bad is because if you are a smoker, you are developing lung disease. 
What is COVID-19? Pneumonia. So you're already going to be at a disadvantage. Individuals that have diabetes, poorly controlled, high blood sugar causes abnormalities with how your white blood cells in your immune system functions against infections, be it viral, fungal, or bacterial. And so, though, you know, there are people and there are patients of mine that are constantly walking around with poorly controlled diabetes. Well, the truth is, and the truth hurts here. People are not eating right. They're not exercising. They're not checking their blood sugars. Now, those with underlying heart disease, when you are infected with something like coronavirus, it is going to put a tremendous strain on your heart and cardiovascular system. It increases your metabolic demands. Your body is working double, triple, quadruple time, and it's going to force your heart to work even harder. But if you've got a slightly damaged, irregular heart, it's not going to function. We've known for the better part of 10 years that People that get flu, regular seasonal flu, there's a very high incidence of heart attack for this very reason. It triggers inflammation and more strain on the body. And so the the message here, the analogy with the sports, I would like to think that you may be rewarded for taking good care of yourself every day. Those that are neglecting themselves, and there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty of people out there. They have to be extra, extra careful. Now, coronavirus and COVID-19 are going to pass. But what we are all, those of us in healthcare, are all going to be dealing with are adults that are overweight, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, et cetera, a lot of chronic disease out there. So I could only hope that this has been a bit of a catalyst or a springboard for a lot of people to look out there and say, okay, I got away with it this time. I did not get COVID-19, but I have to continue to be careful and be mindful and realize that. And again, I don't mean to lecture, but you have to be Mindful to think you could only get away with this for so long before your lack of attention is going to catch up with you. So another another thought, Uh, you know, there are so many people out there. These are patients I'm talking to, my staff, friends, family. All of this COVID-19 is affecting all of us. And there is a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety. At one end, people are saying, "Okay, we're going to get through this. Others are expecting the zombie apocalypse. And if you read the paper, you see what's on the internet, it is a little scary out there. Now, there, there is a great website that almost everybody on TV is referencing. It's, uh, it's a, a, a program that's put out by uh, Johns Hopkins. And it is in real time, and it, it, it's a bit of a tote board. You think it was election night? with the votes coming in and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. And it is just tracking how many people died today. It's up to 
And it's, a, it's enough to make you very nervous and a little nutty. So while that technology is really terrific, you can see in real time what's happening around the globe. Uh, you have If it's getting you a little nervous, I think you have to tune out. So the main thing, what do we need to do? Stay cool, stay informed, and this will pass. The vast majority of the people that may get it are going to survive. Avoid crowds, hand washing, stay at home if you're sick. Social distancing really has to be enforced and respiratory hygiene. And the, the White House, or I guess the president, the president's coronavirus guidelines for America, 15 days to slow the spread. Uh, these are posted everywhere. If you feel sick, stay home. If your children are sick, keep, uh, sick, keep them home. If someone in your household is tested positive, keep the entire household at home. If you're an older person, stay home and away from people. And those with underlying chronic uh, conditions have to be extra careful. And, of course, hand washing is, is the key thing. All right? Now, the other, the other last thing before we take a break is I had said earlier that you could, you could get a car by just calling up. I guess you could call them all up, but I was looking at Gilman. And have a car delivered to you. Test drive it. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, but with all these takeouts. So I think you just have to be careful. And on a lot of what we have been posting on social media, we want to say this is a great excuse to start cooking at home. Cook with your family rather than eat out, eat out, eat out. It's expensive and you're going to gain weight. And it's just not good for you. All right. So with that said, we are going to take a break with a little bit of luck, Jackie DeAngelis from Fox Business is going to be on the line magically. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks very much for sharing part of your weekend with us. We are trying our best to keep everybody informed and in the loop and try to reassure everybody. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. It's been 17 years every Sunday. I've got a wonderful family that lets me out to do this every uh, Sunday. Very patient wife and kids that have allowed me to come out all these years. But the value is, is tremendous to make you all a little bit more looped into health and wellness and, and taking care of yourselves. And on the line is Jackie DeAngelis with Fox Business. Jackie, welcome and thanks for coming on tonight. Good evening, doctor. Great to be here. Well, uh, first, how are you doing and um, how, how are you um, uh, quarantining yourself if needed and work and things like that? Yeah, it's a tough situation to be in. Um, as a journalist, you know, we're all sort of out there on the front lines of this, trying to keep everybody informed. And that's difficult at a time where, you know, the advice of the state and local authorities and the federal authorities are to stay home and try to limit your interaction with others. But, you know, I heard uh, before we went to commercial the advice that you were giving the viewers, which is continue to wash your hands, right. practice those personal hygiene characteristics that we've been talking about. And I personally believe it's really all about that, that you have to touch the surface, have the virus be active, and then, you know, transmit it somehow through your face to become infected. If you wash your hands 
constantly after you touch things, I, I think that is a huge, huge way to prevent the spread. So that's something that I'm doing. And also social distancing. Yeah. You, too close. Yeah. You know, I think the, the key thing is that, as you said, the hand washing, the only way the virus is going to get into your system is through your eyes, knee, uh, nose, or mouth. Uh, open right. cuts, um, uh, any any other uh, vector, it's not it. So the, the hand washing cannot be overstated. And uh, people around the hospital are just washing their hands like crazy to the point that your hands are getting uh, all all cracked. Yeah. But yeah. but it is it is true. And I would think with you going out into the field, uh, are they restricting the the style of the interviews or where you're going uh, in the context of all this? Sure. There have been a lot of changes. For example, in our headquarters, guests are not coming in. We don't have hair and makeup. We've completely reduced the footprint to extreme, extreme essential human beings that need to be in that building. Um, and when we're out in the field, um, same thing. I think there's going to be you know, a shift towards less non-essential field assignments, so only really when it's telling a story that viewers need to know. And what we're doing in between when we're, we're out and about is, you know, luckily we have hand sanitizers available right. to us, and, and we're using those. Yeah, and you never, you never realize that people do good interviews on Skype nowadays. Sure, sure, and it's become very acceptable and a common practice, and you're seeing it all over every network. Exactly. Well, let's you you have dedicated a very large chunk of your professional career to talking about Wall Street and and reporting on it. So, for everybody tuning in tonight, is is there such a thing as Wall Street 101 as far as why the markets are reacting the way they are? Sure. On the 101 level, I would say it all comes down to uncertainty. So when investors look at a virus like this and don't necessarily know how, what can happen with it, I don't want to say how bad it can get. Maybe they're pricing that in, but what exactly is going to happen, how it's going to pass, and the impact that it's going to have on the economy. I mean, investors initially, when we started talking about this in early January, even late December, sure. were pretty much shrugging it off. Right. Um, they mm -hmm. started shrugging it off until it started spreading across the globe and until it came here to the United States. And then the administration stepped in and, and said, this is how we're going to manage it. We're going to try to flatten the curve. And in doing so, look, I mean, all the investment banks that public re publish research are saying there is going to be economic destruction here. Mm -hmm. And that's what Wall Street is worried about. Right. Now, when you, you talk about uncertainty, and it, it could be uncertainty about anything that will, that will throw the stock market off, is there anything that is within the control of the president or the White House or Congress that, that they could really come out and say something that will settle Wall Street? Or is this really a medical uh, problem that the, the disease just has to sort of go away before people will start picking up the pieces? I think it's the disease and the timing um, and seeing how quickly businesses can get back and how long it takes to flesh out of, you know, at least um, our economy and, and the global economy because we're more interconnected than we ever were. Um, I think a piece that can come out of the administration to help the markets right now temporarily would be to pass this stimulus bill. Right. Um, and the last 
a couple of, you know, headlines that I've seen is, you know, Sunday night and, and we're sort of still having some stumbling blocks here. But the stimulus will help the companies not go bankrupt. But that will give Wall Street more confidence that they have a little more running room. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I think that's that's a very big part. So on on Wall Street with, uh, you know, your colleagues and contacts and, and relationships, is there a certain word out there as far as this may get worse before better. Everybody is optimistic. What What is the sense there? Well, I heard you say there are two camps to this, right? The camp that thinks this too shall pass and the camp that thinks it's an apocalypse. So right, right. I feel yeah. like investors, they're, they're sort of split in that group too. And it's basically, you know, really anybody's guess um, at this point. Everybody generally knows it will pass. Traders and investors are calm. And, and we've talked about, you know, privately, you know, the washing of the hands and doing all these things and, and trying not to overwhelm the system. And, and that's what the administration is trying to do to make sure there's enough hospital beds for the people who are going to need them. Um, you know, the question really is, is, is what happens to these companies in that period? If this lasts, people are trying to get their head around this lasting for April and May. And remember, I'm based in New York at the epicenter of it all. And I believe the hardest hit place. Yes, so far. Yeah. So psychologically, that's taking a toll on people as well. And, um, you know, the, the sort of mindset right now is it will pass. But, you know, this has only been sort of two weeks, 10 days of lockdown. It could be a little longer, and everybody needs to, to just sort of get take that in. You know, I, I almost think that, and, and taking this in the right frame, we've almost painted ourselves into a corner. Because even on the medical side, or if you're looking at it from the, fun, from the financial side, if somebody on Wall Street says, oh, please, you are over-exaggerating all this, this person is going to be crucified. Um, you know, yeah. same thing with the medical. There are, and, you know, obviously no names, there are some physicians that are saying, this is just seasonal flu version 2.0, let's get over it and move on. Um, right. If they were to go public, I, I think they would be stoned in public. Um, but then you have the others that, um, you know, the sky is falling, that this is going to get way worse before better. So the, there are similarities on uh, sort of the emotion on, on Wall Street as well, I would think. Yeah, I think it's been a little politicized, too. So, you know, the administration had options on how they were going to handle this. Obviously, they've been studying it very closely. One option was just to sort of have it spike and see what happens. And one option was to do this and flatten the curve and and slow down the economy and tell people to stay home. And that will have long-lasting effects. Um, right. I don't think anybody really has the right answer, but at the end of the day, the fear, of course, would be if people needlessly lose their lives, say, because they overwhelm the healthcare system as a right. result of this, that it's going to be looked at as a careless way to handle it. So, you know, I, I don't envy any of these leaders having to make these decisions right now because it's just very difficult, and no matter which decision you make, somebody's going to have something negative to say about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jackie, we're going to put you on hold for just a moment. We will take a break and finish up with Jackie DeAngelis from Fox Business. Great topic. Great guest. Very knowledgeable. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We will be right back. Final segment coming up.
Final segment of Your Health First, Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday, trying to bring everybody the best in health and wellness, and we cover all facets, including business, especially in these crazy times. On the line, Jackie DeAngelis. Thanks. You know, I have to say thank you for taking the time on a Sunday evening. I really do appreciate it, Jackie. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Well, um, is from from your vantage point, is there a common question that investors, be it professional investors or, you know, the guy next door, is asking about um, how this is all going to play out? And, of course, I'm not asking you for buy, sell, hold, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's that 10, 20,000-foot view of this? For those listening, to say how they should think about it when they talk to their uh, their broker. Sure, I think the big question is, you know, the economy was actually in a good place. It was improving. Expectations for GDP were that they were going to was going to increase. Um, you saw that reflected within the stock market. We had record unemployment. Um, generally, things were chugging along at a very good pace. So this is what Wall Street, I think, would call, you know, a black swan event. This is right. a black swan, something out of everybody's control that sends the markets off kilter. And I think the big question now is, does this put us into a recession right. or does it put us into something worse? And that's what people um, are worried about. There are investment banks out there with estimates, research, suggesting that, it could put us into a recession, again, depending on the timing and how long it lasts. If it's only a few months, we could come out of it by the end of the year and start to rebound. And then you've got the alarmist that will say it's so, going to be so bad, the devastating effect of all this, all the people that are unemployed, um, that we're going to go into a depression. I don't really have the answer to that, but I would say this. In every past crisis that I've covered or lived through, the experts would always tell you, you know, just sort of buckle down, keep your head down, don't worry so much about the portfolio. If you're a long-term investor, it will rebound. And that's a lot of the same advice I'm hearing right now. You know, I, I would think all, all I could really do is is share what's happening to me. So in taking care of patients, patients, our business is driven by people coming in to see us. Uh, and now we cannot see patients. And obviously that is going to put a lot of medical practices and a little bit of distress. But as soon as the all clear is sounded, now that may be two weeks, it may be two months, these same people, our customers are going to come back. So whether right. it's it's liver disease for me, or it is uh, selling snow tires at the guy down the block, you would think that the infrastructure for business has remained intact. And if you are laid off or you're furloughed, you, you're going to have to come back, I would think. Yes and no. The, the problem with that is your business may be able to resume and you may be able to bring your staff back in. But let's dig a little deeper because we don't necessarily know what the financial conditions of all your staff members are. Right. Are they going to, are they living paycheck to paycheck? Right. If this goes two months or longer, are they defaulting on payments? Do they have enough money to put food on the table? You hope that most people do. Unfortunately, that sort of emergency, emergency savings isn't, isn't always there. So that's one problem with your type of business, for example. The second problem is 
You know, you think about all the restaurants that have closed and furloughed workers. Are they all going to be able to ramp up and, and come back? Right. They may not. So the jobs may not be there for some of these people who are paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that is that is true. And I think maybe my initial thought may have been a little naive to tell you the truth, but I think you're you're really uh, spot on. Let me let me shift to the 2020 presidential race. And and I like to think I'm a bit of a news junkie. And um, that race has almost evaporated. I, I just am not seeing the action. How do you think this whole not only the virus, but the economy is going to impact on the election? I think it's going to be a huge topic of conversation that's on pause for now because nobody really can focus on that when when this is going on. You know, I, I basically feel that Biden has sort of surpassed Sanders in terms of realistically being the nominee. So let's assume for the purposes of this conversation that he is. Right. Um, if this passes over the summer and into the fall and then we get back to focusing on that election, um, you know, the big sort of point of contention when it comes to President Trump and his performance is going to be how he handled this crisis and if, um, you know, the economy will be able to rebound from it. it. You know, some people will say as an incumbent, he'll be in a good position because he'll sort of still be managing a crisis and people don't like to rock the boat at mm-hmm. those kinds of times. And others will say if Biden says the right things and this doesn't all sort of go very smoothly, he will have an option. You know, so that will present sort of an upheaval opportunity and and something that America is going to have to face at that time. I just don't think anybody can focus on it right now with everything else happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just uh, uh, unbelievable. And um, so, Jackie, what what do you think of the TV coverage? I mean, um, how not you know again, not necessarily picking one uh, network over the other, but what w- does this fall into a category of giving the people what they want to watch, or is it too much, or a little bit too on the medical side? What what do you think as a as a broadcast professional? I think the media, especially in the last decade or so, has really, you know, sort of learned to take the story that's happening in front of them and run with it. I think technology, I think social media have sort of changed the dynamics of how we broadcast. When you think about, I've covered a few hurricanes down in Houston, for example. Um, When you think about those same kinds of hurricanes happening when I was a kid, and nobody covered them, and it really sort of was a non-event. It was a local event. Right. It wasn't a national event. And now you see a hurricane happening in the Gulf Coast, and what does every media network do? They send everybody down. That's They're right. anchoring shows there. They turn it into something. So I yeah. think there's an element of that happening here um, because we take the story and we just kind of glom onto it. At the same time, given the nature of this particular story, I think there's a lot of important information that can be given to viewers to help protect themselves. And the media also has a responsibility not to scare people. And people have a responsibility not to overload on the media. So I found, you know, this weekend, for example, it was all getting a little too much for me. And I just dialed it back a notch and didn't put the TV on that much. I didn't think there was going to be any new groundbreaking information I needed. And I said, go take a walk, take a break, organize the pantry, you know, whatever. Right. My, my suggestion last night was to turn on Seinfeld reruns on Hulu. 
Right. That was right. that was where we got to go. So, Jackie, where where are we going to see you in uh, the next week or so? Any um, interviews that you got lined up uh, for yourself? Well, it's a, everything's very fluid, so I don't have anything uh, lined up in terms of my coverage per se. But I'm going to be watching the markets very closely and reporting on Fox Business. Um, the futures already indicated that we're going to see you know another wild day tomorrow, um, and it's been rough. It's been three and a half weeks of absolute carnage. We closed on Friday um, at a low that we haven't seen since the financial crisis. That was a black swan, but very different in terms of a beast than what we're seeing now. So um, people are going to have to just sort of buckle up and, um, you know, ride this out. I've seen sides of humanity that actually have been very positive, people coming together and trying to help each other. Right. I hope there's more of that as this as this goes along. And, um, you know, putting aside the investments, businesses, all these things are very important. But when you hear the local brewery in Tennessee shut down so they can make hand sanitizer for people who need them, and General Motors is taking their plants and producing um, ventilators because right. hospitals need them, you know, you start to sort of think about as humans, especially as Americans, how we come together during a time of crisis to try to just help each other out. Absolutely. Jackie, continued good health, and uh, we'll be watching you on Fox Business. And again, I want to thank you very much for coming in on a Sunday night. Sure thing. Have a wonderful night. All right. You too now. Thank you. What I would say is we will see you next Sunday evening, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Stay safe. Wash your hands, everybody. A little bit of social distancing. You'll be fine. Take care. We'll see you next Sunday evening. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.